like scary movies. Uh-huh. What's your favorite scary movie? Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. Hi, Georgie. Swallow this. Cat dead. Details later. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. Hello! So, we're here again to talk about The Voices, starring Ryan Reynolds. Uh, Zaphod and I had a very long episode already recorded, but unfortunately Audacity chose to crash on Zaphod's computer, and we are going to be covering it again, because it is, um, well, at least for me, one of my firm favourites uh, in cult cinema. I'm quite happy to talk about it again. Uh, Zaphod, I know that you like, you put it in Letterboxd as a three, but you don't really I've updated it. Okay. It's like, <laughs> what did you update it to? I haven't um, seen I it. I can't remember exactly, but as I'm talking, I will have a quick look and you can carry on talking about the film. T- tell me, does it beat the horror story Probably. that you watched today? Okay, well, as long as that's the case, I have no idea why he has uh, rated this particular... Was it called a classic horror story? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's on Netflix, and I'm I'm not a fan, but Zayford seemed to really enjoy it. It's something that I think I need to revisit because I was distracted while I was watching it. You didn't finish it, it so, I think, so that's why. Right exactly i accept I, it i but to me i didn't i just i don't know i it wasn't i suppose i don't have a huge amount of people to talk to about horror movies so now that you've told me that actually it is worth watching to the end i think i will give it well, another I chance mean, i liked it pay a bit more attention i liked it whether it's worth it is a whole different situation but uh i rated it rated the voices four and a half good good i think that's a i think that's a fair I think that's a fair review. Um, yeah, it it the voices. So we we took a lot of issue with why it bombed so badly at the box office, and it turns out that it was a, it was put into the Sundance, and there was another movie that came out around like with Sundance, uh, Whiplash, which took all the awards, took all the attention, which funnily enough I haven't even seen. Yeah, I've not um, seen it either. We were both kind of. Yeah, we were both kind of bemused as to why uh, the voices didn't really get a lot of traction or attention, uh, because it deserves um, it it deserves it's attention. De- it's a good movie. It's definitely an underrated film. It's it is, and it it's interesting because uh, I'm one of the guilty people that actually go onto YouTube just to watch the ending credits scene. <laughs> Um, I've been a frequent visitor to that particular video on YouTube, the ending credits of sure. The Voices, because of how much it like affected me when I first saw it. Um, and you'll see in the comments that there are so many people that feel the same way. Like they really think like that the mo- the movie impacted them. It gave them a lot to 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 think about and to talk about. It's one of those few movies that I've seen that actually quite accurately depicts mental health. Um, I have not personally experienced schizophrenia, but uh, the the definite <laughs> climbs and falls of uh, having medication and not taking medication. Um, yeah, we we discussed before about how uh, when he took his medication, he could see the world for what it really was, um, and that was something that was that was really yeah, jarring. Bleak. Uh, it didn't really. Yeah, it, it didn't really fit with like the films, you know, the, the tonal usage in the camera, like in the filming of that movie is like, it's very bright, ridiculously so. Um, and then when Jerry, the the main the main character, he, he takes his medication, um, it all goes very dark and uh, disgusting. And we see, we see what's going on for what it actually is and not through jerry's uh tinted rose tinted glasses and it's very interesting um i can actually remember as a footnote when we were discussing this last time and i am going to keep on saying when we were talking about this last time forgive me um 
but I was I was saying to Zayford uh, how I thought it was very funny that the uh, work clothes, the uniform that Jerry was wearing, was uh, was pink, um, and Zayford sort of said, "Was it pink though?" Yeah. And it had me second guessing for a second. I was thinking, did I remember that wrong? And and then uh, Zayford very very cleverly pointed out that actually how much of what we were seeing was actually what was what what it was um and how much of it was uh was jerry's mind making things look nicer than what they actually are you see the uniforms when he's off the drugs you never see them when he's on the drugs because when he's on the drugs it's very brief it's literally like a scene of him being off the drugs uh, on the drugs even and you see how horrible the house his house is and like what a state it is and he realizes this is not what he wants to be living in he doesn't want to see this so he takes the drug he gets rid of the drugs which i don't blame him and he even has a conversation with the severed head in his fridge that you know how how awful and rubbish these drugs yeah. are how jolly um, good that is to know, be while eating cereal hmm <laughs> And I think Fiona is like a perfect caricature for how every American man wishes British women spoke. Um, I don't think I've ever heard anyone actually talk like Fiona in real life. Not unless you go like real but, self. Mm, you might find yeah, someone. She's, she's super. She's super posh. Um, and it, yeah, it's it's just really interesting how Jerry becomes so enamoured with her. But the uh, what's the what's the co-star lady's name? Oh, Fiona uh, or Lisa? I want to say. I think it's Fiona. Uh, Gemma yeah. Atherton. So, so Fio- so Fiona is the the British lady, and then I'm talking about the lady from uh, the musical lady, the lady that sings. What's her name? Anna Kendrick. Anna Kendrick. That's a what? What is her, her, her character uh, name? Is character? Lisa. That's it, Lisa. There we go. Yeah, so Lisa, um, she, like, actually likes Jerry a lot. Fiona kind of sees Jerry as a bit of an oddball, a bit of a quirk, whereas uh, I think, she, she, you know, Alison would have actually given her a chance, given well, him a did. chance. She did even. give him a chance. But he killed her. Yeah, I mean, he gave her a chance, <laughs> and then she saw what he was, like, actually like at home, and then that was kind of what ruined it. Yeah, and it, it's it's a shame, isn't it? Because they like mutually bonded through um, their pets. Like she was playfully talking about her her cat and how they're an asshole, and uh, Jerry was you know saying like you have no idea <laughs> when referring to his Scottish oh, cat. Right this time. Um, I did. I thought he was. I thought he was you Welsh. Thought he was Irish. I did. Irish, Welsh, <laughs> Scottish. Yeah. It, 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 you said that it, you think it all sounds the same and to oh, be fair I actually agree with you <laughs> and it is true like well it, yeah but it's Pull true like I no I agree with you I agree with you like we're, and it's the same with the states isn't it you know like I can't tell you all the different accents I know what a Minnesota accent sounds like um, yeah because it's just Canadian and <laughs> yeah well yeah it yeah. basically it kind kind of with like a little bit of an American twist, and then, um, what was the other one? Oh yeah, New York City. I know, I know, I know what a New York accent sounds like because of Law and Order SVU. I used to be a huge watcher of that. So that's basically the only two accents I can really differentiate. And then the South, like Louisiana, things like that. The uh, hillbilly, the southern, uh, the southern section Texas of America. One southern southern texas whatever um yeah so those are the, the those are the only kind of accents but apparently like in every state they have different yeah because the states are so like, big different dialects well our country isn't so big but we've got tons of different accents and stuff yeah. you know let's so not talk about the scouts again it's, it's <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, it, it's funny because um, I actually know somebody who thinks a Scouse and a Mank accent are similar, and they're obviously not. And I take great offence to that. 
as someone who grew up in Manchester because I certainly never sounded like I was from Liverpool. No, Scouse is like so much different to Mank. And by Mank we mean Manchester. But an, Ameri- an American person wouldn't tell you that. You know, when I went up north um, for Christmas to visit my family, uh, I obviously everyone in my family has like a Manchester accent. So you start to pick it up again, you know. Yeah. Um, obviously, for the first eleven years of my life, I lived in Manchester. Well, Stockport, which is like next which to Manchester. Is worse than Manchester. So, <laughs> I actually really, I have very fond memories of living in Stockport. I really, I really miss living up north. I, I don't like living near London. I think everyone is extremely unfriendly, and it's just not. Yeah, that's only. It's not plus side to being northern. It's like, for the most part, people are friendly. Yeah, they're a lot more laid back. Like, London people are quite, yeah, like, you can't really just say hello to a stranger here without being considered a skaghead. <laughs> it's really, it's really frustrating. Like, you have to kind of keep to yourself. Whereas, like, you, you know, up north, you walk down the street and, like, a couple of people say good morning to you and it's normal. Mm. Um, it's really strange. But, yeah, w- when I'm up there, I, I, I get a bit of an accent when I come back and it, it kind of sticks for a couple of weeks or so. I've lost it mainly, but I still have like these these sort of dialects that well, I don't think will ever it's go like away. Especially, like you'll, you'll pick it up on words. Just like gi- giraffe, bath, things like that. That's not going to change. Book. Um, I think Manchester. Ha- People book. say book. 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 Yeah, book. My my nan used to say book. Get your book out. Book. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Manchester uh, is a particularly harsh accent, so I think even if you do move away, you still have that harshness mm. to parts of to, to to parts and words. Um, so yeah, and it, yeah, so when when I've gone up there and I, I come back and I talk to my friend on the phone, um, he'll be like, "What are you? What are you Scottish now?" And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, no, it's just you know, it's like, why do you sound like you have a Scottish accent? And I'm just like, I don't have a Scottish accent. It's Manchester. Um, but yeah, it's funny, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, the, the the dialects and the accents are all so messed up and different. But yeah, it it's really it's really sad talking about the voices for me because uh, yeah, I, I I find it really difficult um, to remember when I first saw that movie because it was actually a couple of years ago. Uh, I did mention this before. Um, it it's it's one of those movies that like it stuck with me because of the the certain period in my life where i watched it and it 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 stuck with me too because it reminded me a lot of my ex um we were in a relationship at that time and it was one of the last movies that we watched together before um this huge arson incident happened that completely changed my life with him um and yeah the reason why this this movie particularly stuck with me is because of jerry's denial and fixation of wanting to be in this positive nice happy safe space at the cost in the end of you know killing people uh causing harm to people not being a nice safe person and unfortunately that kind of echoed in my life like the the person i won't i won't say yeah, his name not wise. because it's not it's not right to well it's, it's just not right to because it's, it's not right but um yeah i i really lived inside of somebody else's fantasy of wanting things to be okay and it was very much the opposite for me um you know when he was taking his medication he was very nice things were very nice and when he wasn't things weren't very nice when I don't take my medication, um, my antidepressants, I see the world differently. I don't like what I see, actually. I need those depress- antidepressants because they make um, my life a little bit more dealable. Not to say I have any, you know, I have major depression, um, but my 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 hormones, my, my, my chemicals in my brain, when I'm not taking my medication, I definitely know it, I can feel it, and it doesn't feel good. And I think, yeah, we touched on that 
Jerry had had not taken his medication for a while, and that's why everything seemed so wonderful. And then he took it, and it and it sort of brought him back to reality. And I think that's it's one of the really rare movies where that's actually been captured really well. So the reason why he kept on not taking them was because he didn't want to be alone, though. And that's what because he kept he was com- accompanied by the voices from the cat and the dog, Mister Whiskers and Bosco. Bosco, yeah, and it it must be really sad that you would rather be crazy and like hear your animals talking to you than live in reality. I think that it also it also demonstrates like it, it, I mean it's a fantastic way of it it really portrayed like a really it it really showed what it's like to be alone um and be severely mentally ill and you really do feel for jerry uh for most of the film towards the end it's all kind of like he's a very tragic hilarious character but at the beginning you really do empathize with him particularly the scene where he's crying in the car after he's been stood up by fiona um that's that's some real loneliness yeah. there. I'm I I mean I I could relate to that a lot. That feeling of just you know you've got no one to call, you've got no one to talk to. You you know you're looking forward to this thing and it's just you, it didn't happen and you're just sitting there you're listening to the music and it's raining. Yeah, because he has no friends. And he has, yeah, his only friends are the cat and the dog. Yeah, and it 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 I don't know I I, I just I really feel that it's it's such a good movie because of how honest it is you know as much as jerry's ridiculousness and it is ridiculous you know his perception of reality and how everything isn't just whitewashed it's like brightwashed you know um it really shows just how awfully lonely it is being mentally ill um we we have this society at the moment where it's so trendy to have this that or the other you know uh PTSD, uh, bipolar, whatever. There's always some sort of uh, campaign or something like, you know, therapy stuff that's just like sponsored ads and all sorts of stuff. But the reality is that um, mental health is actually extremely lonely. And if it wasn't, it's not supposed to be a social thing. It's actually incredibly lonely. it's not supposed to be popular (laughs) it's it you know these these things they're disorders they're diseases because it's not it's not a nice thing it's not nice it's ugly and it's it's sad and it's upsetting and i think a lot of people don't want to see it just like jerry and yeah it's it really does (sighs) it really does make you feel sad when you watch it it's funny, but it's sad. Um, and yeah, when I, I do find myself going back to the YouTube video a lot and remembering how it first made me feel when I saw it, you the know, credits. he's obviously, yeah. yeah, he's he's obviously not going to heaven. He's obviously, you know, there's no, yeah. that's not what it's supposed to be about. It's it's about him inhaling fumes being inside a burning building that he caused all of the everyone is dead he has killed a bunch of people Mm, that could have been officially that's enough though that's enough though and and nearly his psychiatrist Mm, yeah nearly (laughs) and he's just he's just there he even hears his his dog say, you know, let the fire put you out. Let the fire put you to sleep. And yeah, the the ending credits where it, it's just sing a happy song, sing a happy song. And it's him and his dad's there, his mum's there, his uh, Fiona, his mu- Allison. His and the three victims. Are all there and everything's fine everything's been brightwashed again and yeah he's he's saying actually we all he's saying like you know are my pets gonna be okay and jesus just like you betcha you know but we know that it's not gonna be okay but it has to be okay for jerry because he can't live inside the reality of of what's actually happened you know Mm. very sad um 
and it should have got more attention than it than it did <laughs> um i don't understand whiplash at all i i i read the synopsis and i i have no recollection of ever seeing this movie so it it bums me out because uh, i think ryan reynolds played an outstanding i think his role was outstanding and it it is one of his best roles in my opinion um and it should be wider known than than what it is absolutely Mm, it's definitely one of those uh hidden gems yeah and Sundance is is normally pretty good at picking out the good ones but for some reason Whiplash just seemed to take all of the credit uh it it seems to be that Whiplash is like it is some sort of commentary on the harshness of the music business right and mental health so it's interesting that they have similar ideals of discussing mental health but I think being that the voices was a horror comedy and a bit of its own thing rather than a traditional film it was very uh obscure in ways wasn't yeah. it like it wasn't you can't really say that you've ever seen a film like the voices right no i mean um, you might find a couple but so, not it's not commonplace is there any movies you can think of that come to mind off the top of my head <laughs> No, I, I honestly can't think of anything that depicts mental health as well as that movie. The only thing I can really think of, which, uh, forgive me for going completely the the other way, can like because it's not a horror movie, but uh, but it is in a way. Requiem for a Dream. I think the uh the 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 old lady when she gets hooked on weight loss pills, um, and just all the other people that are struggling with mental health in some way or another or addiction that is a very harrowing very honest way and it's not but it's not very funny um a lot of people after they watch requiem for a dream can't really yeah. shake it for a I few can't days say i've seen it um, <laughs> you haven't seen requiem no, for a dream obviously people talk about it a lot it's, it's like one of the more harrowing films and like I'll watch it at some point. It's one of those movies that I really wish I had been at the movies for it. Like, it's that kind of movie that's like, it's... I would have wanted to see other people's reactions. Yeah. I can recall the first time I watched it, it really shook me um, a lot. And, like, yeah, it was just one of those movies that, like... I think like you you would have you would need to experience other people experience it because of how uh how disturbing it is. I mean it's it's always been up there really high on like the most disturbing lists and stuff like that. Um but yeah, it's definitely a movie to watch. It's not a horror, but it is like it is horrifying. And considering it came out in 2000, um it's still like one of those movies that yeah you never forget it you absolutely never forget it i'll watch it and it's got jennifer connelly in it in in her prime too and uh jared leto as well jared leto. so leto 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 wait what did i what did I you said say leto. What did I you say? said leto 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 it's leto I isn't know. it it's the same we're wrong about the same person it's fine yeah i did actually try to read um requiem for a dream the novel oh yeah selby's novel how did that go um it was heavy it was heavy it wasn't it's not the type of prose that i tend to enjoy it was more one of those great american literatures that i felt like i should i should give it a try so it's not something you're gonna read on Um, train it's it's basically so it it's in it's not like it's unreadable it's not like it's a it's a piece of crap it's basically um yeah so it, it, it's the depiction of the american dream which is very much what the movie is about uh chasing the american dream and the humanistic cost the novel is a lot more focused around the drug dealer aspect whereas like the movie kind of centers around four characters intermittently and you kind of you kind of feel for them all at the same sort of level um 
whereas the novel is is more focused on on one but yeah hubert selby jr yeah it, it's a it's it's okay i just couldn't finish it personally i think i was too upset by the movie <laughs> i can imagine i've heard um, things about it yeah it's well it's, it's it's it came out in 1978 so it's not like a hugely old book yeah, either that film got a fast track but, then, didn't it yeah, the, so the movie came out in 2000. Um, Good turnaround. Yeah. I, I think it did well. I can remember... Hmm. Well, 4.5 million, 7.4 million at the box office. So it made... Some money. Didn't make a huge amount of money, but... Well, it's a heavy film, it, so it's not it, exactly like family-friendly, is it? I'm just thinking, like, the last movie that I went to go see at the cinema that, like, really bothered me. And honestly, the only thing I can think of is Midsummer. <laughs> um, it was so funny because, like, everyone who was in the movies that evening when I went to go see it was there, like, as a date night kind of thing. Mm. And my God, just seeing, like, eight or nine couples who, like, may have been on, like, a first date or something. Oh, yeah, correct. Sitting and watching Midsummer was, it was not a good idea, obviously. Um it was hilarious though like especially like some of the more garish scenes where you know like they fall off cliffs or like to their death and the and the noise the sound effects um and the infamous scene at the end with the uh chanting and the humming and harring while her her boyfriend is impregnating a ginger virgin (laughs) or some shit (laughs) <laughs> and it yeah i i don't think it was a good movie to watch on a first date definitely not yes yeah, it's, it's not like but, it's it don't get really get you in the mood does it <laughs> no i do remember leaving the cinema like actually saying out loud like what the fuck was that <laughs> midsummer is one of those movies that the first time you watch it you're like what was that if you actually watch it again now i actually watched it again with closed captions and yeah actually i actually understood it a little bit better actually a lot better it's one of those movies that's a little bit too arty for its own good Mm, um and if 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 it had a little bit more like a crumb of context to what was going on in the situation i think people would appreciate it a lot more but it was far too abstract in in uh, modern cinema for anyone to actually appreciate it without going away and studying it and trying to understand it better it's very um mixed reviews isn't it a lot of people think it's terrible and then a lot of people are like you know i really like i really like the idea of midsummer uh but they could have done better with this this on this and that it was difficult to understand it was confusing i think ari Caster, um his main thing about midsummer is that he wanted to play with horror happening in the daytime yeah because you're not expecting that's, it as that's much. why it, and it's very unnerving for things to be happening in the day it on film I, I bet you can't really think of any any times that's really happened on no. film I, I mean the only thing i can think of is like wolf creek where people are getting chased in cars right yeah, in the outback that happens at night yeah, and a lot of people associate, you, you know, when we're afraid and we're on our own, it's never usually because we're in, it's, it's the yeah. day. So it's, and it's very, it's very confusing to the psyche to have all of the horror, all, all of the film happen in the day. So he, he was playing with, uh, with night and day in that movie. And I, I thought it was, I thought it was very, it worked in that sense, um, was original in that sense but i do actually have a friend from university who i studied with um she's romanian and she took a lot of trouble with um you know the the folklore that was in midsummer it was like a lot it was stealing like a lot of romanian yeah like and kind of bit butchering it um it felt quite disrespectful for her um even if you tell me now like like even if you ask me like where was that movie set i couldn't tell you it is basically supposed to be vague so to be like eastern sweden. european place it's sweden it's not you're not supposed it's not sweden it's not 
no it's it they literally leave it vague on purpose and yeah it's so it's like they take they take folklore from like romania lithuania sweden all sorts of places and they kind of mash it together and like we're supposed to know culturally where that <laughs> is and because we make our assumptions on what country uh, that must make us you know inherently superficial to other well, people's we're Western society we don't believe in other people's cultures what are you it's a difficult one, yeah. isn't it? He's got a new film coming out next year. Living in the, living in the UK, I think naturally we are like a multicultural country. Like we have to be because like there, there are a lot of people from a lot of different places that live here. You mm. know, um, I can't really say that we're massively intolerant to people at least i don't know very many people who are intolerant to to race or whatever in this country i know that there are people like that but thankfully i don't really have to deal with them on a daily basis um but yeah i, th I think we're we're more tolerant than most countries when it comes to race um but i, I get what you mean of the the western supremacy we we do kind of well as Brits, we like to stick our noses up at other people, yeah, don't we? A little bit. Even though we're not so great ourselves. Especially if you're on holiday. Oh, if, uh, and, and if you look at, uh, you know, the British colonialism and our supremacy over all, all, all over the world, we wanted to take over the world, didn't we? We pretty much um, did. We wanted it. Yeah, well, we didn't. Got most of it. <laughs> we didn't get... We don't have hard, hardly any of it oh, anymore, no, though, anymore, do we? Though. We're... We'll forever be apologists for our past, which is acceptable yeah. because, you know, imperialism is no good. It doesn't work. And to be honest, I don't think that the whole world should be British because I think we're a bit shit sometimes. <laughs> I think we definitely get it wrong, much like we did with uh, the pandemic currently. Uh, yeah. Let's not talk um, about that one. <laughs> well, a lot of people don't agree with boris johnson i think his approval rating is at the lowest it's ever been in the history of um prime minister when they've when they've been in power so that goes to show that like he did not handle it well and that a lot of people don't approve it's funny because whenever do you know it's funny because um I whenever whenever I want a laugh I like to go on sky news and just like read the comments what people have to say about boris johnson um Sky News has kind of become a bit of a joke on YouTube. Um, whenever they post like an article or a video or something, like people are just like they they really feel that they all they ever talk about is coronavirus and that coronavirus isn't a big that big a thing, and which is it's ridiculous because obviously it is a big thing. But there's a lot of there's so many people in this country that don't believe it's even it's even real or it's even serious or anything. Um, and Sky sort of perpetuates, perpetuates the, this idea of, uh, you know, it is serious, actually. Um, and But they do catastrophize things a hell of a lot. And yeah. I think people don't really like being pandered by the media in this country. And uh, you, you know who the BBC support. You know who Sky News, like, who, who their side is on democratically or who's, who's on what side. And it, it's just so funny reading the comments because there's never anything of any real pertinence to what's going on with the policies they're always just making fun of boris and i think the funniest comment that i saw recently was um so it was a picture of boris and him saying that like this new year is going to be markedly better than the last and someone just you know very sardonically put in the post um in the comments boris johnson brushes his hair with a toffee apple <laughs> And that's it. That's about as much as we think about the Prime Minister. With the rapper off. Off, obviously. <laughs> you never know, you didn't specify. My child never brushes... She hates brushing her hair. If I come near her with a brush, you would think that like there's an exorcism going on in this house. <laughs> and even she comments on how messy his hair is. I mean... Like, yeah. it's not it's good. The... I don't... I'm not sure... There you go. I'm not sure what's going on with... I'm not sure what's going on with the world leaders in this in the world, like especially like you know, like Donald Trump. Like, who the hell was his tanning person? I don't know. You know himself, like, probably. It's just <laughs> what you think. Like he he gave himself a little spray yeah. before he yeah. would go yeah, out. Yeah, 
Because yeah. no sane person's doing got it. Got Melania to sp- got got Melania like he's just wearing like a little um some little uh paper <laughs> underwear and just getting yeah. Melania to give him a I spray. Think he's just doing a nude spray. Sure. <laughs> Did you see um Don't Look Up yet? Uh not yet. Oh I saw, my god! I you got to get on it. It's 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 a good one. I I left a little review on uh, the pod the podcast because like I it was that good that I felt I had to say something about it. I've actually had coronavirus for the past week and a half now, so sort of an excuse why I've not been posting reviews very avidly as I normally do. But I do definitely need to get back on it. Um. And yeah, Don't Look Up is probably the first, one one of the first in a while that I felt compelled to actually talk about. Other than Jennifer's Body, Jennifer's Body was another movie that I was, I was really shocked at how good it actually was. So I did comment on that too. But yeah, I think this new year, I will definitely be making more of an effort to talk more about movies. I enjoy, I enjoy writing, you know, I enjoy writing movie reviews. So it's, it's a good little exercise to keep my brain alive. I think anybody who has any interest in film they should definitely like get into reviewing movies and stuff because it does keep your brain healthy trying to remember all these facts and figures i'm absolutely hopeless at the the facts and figures part but we're doing fine i i do think i it it's an epilepsy thing um i have a deficit in my iq so a part of my iq is like quite high and then the other part is like borderline disabled so um my i think like the lower part of my iq was like a a 70 or something and then the higher part is like 126 so basically i'm very good at words but my spatial awareness is terrible and that can include like you know it means that i'm very clumsy and that i have a very poor short-term memory so i can't really retain things properly Mm. um I only found out this about myself because I had to see a forensic psychiatrist after um, the domestic violence that I, I went through. Um, so, like, I, I've literally been like this for my whole life, and I didn't even know that I had a deficit. Yeah. So, it's it's very strange to to know that about yourself. Most people don't know anything about their IQ, so in a way, I guess I'm lucky to to have known about it. Yeah, I can't say I know mine. But. <laughs> Well, it's, it's the Weschler's test. So they they basically um, they test you like in four... There's like four different things that you're supposed to do. And there's like verbal reasoning, um, perceptual, and then there's a couple of others as well. So th- the verbal reasoning, I, was, I scored really high on that, like quite high. Um, and then the perceptual was very low and the perceptual one is basically like problem solving with puzzles so you know like they say like what picture is different on this sequence or whatever and i really i just i you know i had to guess half of it i really didn't know half of it um but yeah one of the reasons why someone may have that kind of deficit in their iq is because they're having seizures or they're not being medicated um appropriately for something that's going on you know there's there's i I also have like disassociation as well quite regularly and i was told that that was anxiety for most of my life and it turns out that actually it's probably the aftershock of having seizures um so yeah i had an eeg on my brain and it it said that they found some sharp imaging on the back right hand part of my brain uh which is suggestant to focal seizures which I didn't really understand what focal seizures are, but it turns out that they basically make you blank out. Um, sometimes you remember them, sometimes you don't. And then the after effects can be, you can feel very tired, disassociative. So that's, yeah, a very long winded way of me explaining why I have such poor memory and why I can't remember figures. <laughs> I may as well just be honest about it because what can I do? But yeah, hopefully, when I go to the John Radcliffe Hospital on the 4th, I'll be able to, you know, get it sorted. So it'll be good. Yeah, I think fingers crossed for you. Um, um, do you want to talk about the YouTube thing? 
I do. Right. And I, th I think, I, I, actually, since we last recorded, it's been really, it's changed a lot. So I posted a thing on my Instagram uh, called, you know, hashtag pick aside YouTube. And basically it was me, ex I, I, I really felt impassioned. Um, I've, I follow this guy on YouTube called Mama Max and he is an advocate for people, you know, child abuse, people who have gone through really horrible things um, and the and knowing full well that the internet is, is there's large responsibility for them uh, and allowing this, these pedophile rings and all sorts. It's super important that more prominent people start to speak up against YouTube and say that it isn't fair that content creators, particularly investigative journalists, are trying very hard to bring light to these topics and their videos get striked or demonetized or removed from the platforms. And it's making it completely, it's to protect YouTube's best interest to not talk about these things. To clarify why, we don't know, but what we do know is that the the voices of the voiceless, the victims that are suffering in these stories and they are being abused, they're not having their stories told because they're being silenced before the stories can even get out or, you know, the the algorithm pushes things down because it, it, it says like a certain word like rape or murder or pedophile or molest or whatever and Mama Max has, you know, called out YouTube on this behavior before as have a few content creators like lesser known ones and it's not been it's it's either ignored or false promises are put in place so hashtag pick, pick aside YouTube has been brought into place to tell everyone who isn't already aware of this situation that YouTube need to stop being neutral about discussing these topics that are affecting real people real children people are suffering and it needs to be talked about investigative journalism serves a purpose in our society for exposing and talking about topics that are incredibly important and if you're censoring you know people saying a certain word just to protect what like you know like it's not you can't be neutral on these things. You need to pick a side. So a lot of people have been hashtagging pick a side YouTube. They've been hashtagging other creators such as H3H3 Productions, Shane Dawson, uh, even Corpse Husband, Keemstar. because these are much more prevalent, more... Keemstar sorry. as well. Yeah, Keemstar. And th th there's been a shitstorm on Twitter, like it's been trending, people have been responding. And it turns out that like a lot of people have responded and said, yeah, pick a side YouTube, you know, you, you know, the more prevalent ones are saying like, we need, we need to do something about this. This needs to change. Uh, everybody in pretty much everybody in the investigative journalism sector of YouTube is in agreement that it needs to change. Um, so it has been um, something that has definitely been acknowledged by YouTube. What happens next, I don't know, but it's something that I'm very passionate about and it's just because they've seen it doesn't mean we've done our job. We still need to hashtag these people. We still need to go onto YouTube and, and share these hashtags and actually use social media for a useful purpose. Don't let's let's not like sit here and just like each other's pictures all freaking day, you know? Let's actually just use uh, social media for what it's for. And that is to uh, spread a message. To be social, yeah. To be social, send a message, spread a message, and make it a pertinent and useful message. It's, it's great to, it's great posting half naked pictures of yourself. But sometimes, sometimes you have to put your boobs away. That's what I've I'll learned try. about myself I'll try anyway. <laughs> yeah, I know you post your boobs more than anyone All I know. Right, so right. you're. you're you're uh yeah you're de you're definitely not a social warrior you're here for the the totty that's you you're just a very yeah clearly Zayford actually post 
Zayford posted a picture of himself, like pulling a smouldering face on our podcast and I was very happy and impressed because it, it was nice to see like an actual picture of Zayford and not me plastered all over it you know because there are very much two <laughs> well maybe maybe it was a demure picture maybe maybe it wasn't I don't know but I personally thought I was just happy to see that Zayford was posting himself for once instead of just me because there's definitely two of us on this and Zayford bless him he works very hard putting the uh copy and editing the stuff that we do um i literally have nothing to do with any of it because i have no idea how to do it and the fact that like he puts stuff together and then it just disappears is yeah that's not good so yeah. zayford deserves credit for putting stuff together yeah, it's not too, um, it's not too difficult no, I know, but still, you do you you do put it together, and you do exist on this. It's not just me talking to myself. Although sometimes I do talk too much, I accept that about myself. But you don't tune in to listen to silence, do you? So you never know. I suppose it's a good. <laughs> yeah, maybe we should just have fifty-five minutes of quiet. We'll, we'll do I'm an sure. ASMR episode when no one talks, when it's just think- slight noises just like taco backward sneezing in the background yeah. a random phone's going off <laughs> i still can't believe it. taco my dog is a chihuahua and he actually came up to the microphone and like booped I, I don't know if it's been caught on there or not but his backward sneezing definitely was and i just want to reassure everyone that my dog isn't dying and isn't even sick he's just an attention seeker and when i don't pay enough attention to him he starts making that noise which episode so was that one on he's totally fine i think it was like the last one so people did. under the stairs so that'll be on the next episode so keep an eye out for that <laughs> it's it's really bad you get you can hear me like get up from where i'm sitting and like let him out the back door just to just to sort of like release the noise for a few minutes <laughs> oh well it'll be fine <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, we wanted to finish up with a couple of questions. Um, we did actually answer them before, but we enjoyed doing them, so we'll do it yeah, again. Yeah, it was at um, the back end of the the audio, which got lost. Yeah, forever. So, the the one that we both got was do do you believe in Bigfoot? No, it's just it's not. No, it's just we, a British we, thing. We don't really have. Um, we don't believe yeah. in cryptids. Yeah. I don't even believe in the Loch Ness monster. So no, to be blunt, it's a cool idea, but it's just not. We don't believe in until cryptids. proven otherwise. Sorry. Nah. Yeah, but we don't. I can't. I mean, is there anything that you think is real? Like, do you remember, like, with the Loch Ness monster, they literally have like it's like the most grainiest, shittiest yeah, but picture big ever. What are you they always have pictures of Bigfoot and it's like but, the greatest thing. But like the Loch Ness Monster, is, it literally looks like it could just be like a... Just a log. Like a... I don't... Yeah, it, does, it just doesn't even look like anything. I don't know. I'd like to... I like the idea of it, but that's about it. They're cool in films. <laughs> but we don't believe in them. I don't know. Have you ever seen a good yep. Bigfoot film? Other than um, maybe Meet the Hendersons? No. Mm, I'm trying to think, like, what... That's something to come back Antlers. to. Antlers sure. is a good cryptid film, although I've not actually watched it fully yet. <laughs> Favourite horror films of all time? Uh, it says horror films. Uh, so yeah, so I, I guess we have to pick one apiece. I don't know, we, could always, we could do two. Yeah, okay. Um, we could do I'll two. Go, I'll go screen. Um, so I... I yeah, Scream, obviously. Zayford's favourite. Go. I, I I hate saying it because it's always the first one come to cut that comes to mind, but Martyrs, I think that it's so effective, even though it's a horrible movie. Um, <laughs> it's 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 one of those movies that's just yeah, it's upsetting, but it, it definitely serves a purpose. Um yeah, like with with the the movies that are so disturbing, that don't serve a purpose, such as uh, the Human Centipede, a Serbian film. Yeah. Um, these these are all kind of movies that just don't 
And that actually that actually leads us very good, very very well to our next question. But we won't answer that just yet. I don't know. Saifed, what's the other one? What's your other um, favorite film? I'd say, well, Reanimator, maybe. It's just that's it's a good just choice. Dumb, and I like it. <laughs> a lot of my favorite. A it's lot of my dumb, favorite, and I a like lot of it. films that I like are just kind of like dumb and have no real point to them. That's fine, as long as they're you know, entertainment doesn't always have to have a message. It's good for it to have a message, but sometimes you can, in, you know, f- films can be just as silly as, and it's good. Yeah. I think for me, my other favorite is probably uh, the People Under the Stairs, which is the reason why I felt it was one of my favorites. Obviously, watch rewatching it as an adult, I didn't realize it was half as unscary as it actually was um as a kid it was the first movie i watched that genuinely really scared me so yeah i would have to say the people under the stairs and martyrs those are my two and you can listen to more about that next week (laughs) yeah so the the other question is um is there a horror flick that you won't discuss for any reason so I kind of I did actually mention this before a Serbian film is one of the movies that I won't talk about really um as much as I understand why it was made I think it could have been made a lot better um there's a few scenes in it that I actually take a lot of problem with I know that it is supposed to be a slap in the face at the pure poor quality of Yugoslavian cinema and I get that the director was basically saying a massive fuck you to people um in the yugoslavian cinema um but to me it could have been executed a lot more efficiently and i just i won't be i won't talk about it it doesn't interest me that's about as far as it goes for what i can say about a serbian film it would not be something that i could talk about for more than a minute Uh, so that would be mine yeah go on that that would be mine that would be it literally i i don't want to talk about that film well i have no limits i'll talk about anything we're happy to talk about most things but i think if 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 a movie doesn't have anything to it what's the point you know there's i i don't think that i think there's like we'll we'll talk about like quite a lot of um movies that like yeah like disturbing ones or very gory ones or ones that have uh rape or very uh taboo scenes or uh that's shocking for shocking sake yeah we, we we're quite happy to talk about movies like that but like they have to have a substance to them otherwise like we, we can't we can't talk to you about them yeah <laughs> you know it's they have to be interesting and, and good enough to talk about um so i also had a man ask if i can go on a date when we go to america <laughs> zayford is more than happy yeah, to go on I a said date last time I'll, I'll take the date let's go as long as you're well, buying. Also, another one. Uh, not, <laughs> not a question, but you're absolutely beautiful, Zayfund. Take the copy. I hope that person's liking the picture on Instagram. Uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure he did. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know who asked the question. I, I'll, I'll tell you who he is, but I'm pretty sure he did. Um, so the last question that I really, um, that's an actual question, and not me just being complimented. Or Zayford being complimented, even. <laughs> Where do you see t- technically being at in thirty years? I.e., what will be the standard in society? I basically said that I'm. I was hoping that my thirties I could go a bit wild because I had my daughter very young. So I've now had my son when I'm thirty-one and i will not be able to do anything wild for about 20 years now so in about 30 years i'll be living my best life i'll have um really great tips like i'm gonna have like i have a good boob what, when job you're like and when you're like in your 60s yeah, yeah yeah so so i'm probably gonna get him in my mid 50s and then like in my 60s like top him up if I need to, you know. Is that how that works? 
I'm not sure. I I I I uh I'm not sure. But I'm gonna have cracking A grade boobs. I know that much. And I'm gonna live my best life and I'm gonna go out and party and I'm just gonna have a you know probably won't be the standard in society but to be honest when we're all in uh old people's homes we're all going to be covered in tattoos and that will be the standard and the norm won't it yeah so i will all be staring at our phones and taking selfies and be old as fuck so it'd be like microchips implanted into us and stupid you know sci-fi shit i don't know would you would you be up for a, a microchip uh i'll be in my 50s so i'll be up for anything (laughs) <laughs> i i truly don't really see a problem with having my debit card on my wrist oh no that makes more sense like you know like uh, people are like oh so it'll have your debit card on it and i'm like cool you know like i lose my debit it's dangerous at the pub, but... <laughs> i'm quite yeah yeah it'd be, it'd be funny if like people could like steal your credit card details for your wrist as well like that'd be that'd you be weird accidentally wave maybe over your wrist over someone else's order and accidentally pay for it <laughs> oh, shit. yeah so microchips and great tits are probably going to be the and norm for, me, for us in about 30 years for the most part. other than uh, we don't have any we don't yeah, we we don't have any idea how social media is going to be in 30 years of t- time, but I can assume that Instagram will be obsolete. And I think, yeah, I think, Zayford, you mentioned that before. Yeah. Like, we're not really... We don't know, do we? We don't know how be, technology is going to go. There'll be a social media, and it'll probably be the only one left. It'll be the main one, at least. Uh, and everyone will be on it. And it'll be, like, where everyone works. Because... Did you did you see uh, Mark Zuckerberg talking about Meta? No, I try to avoid Facebook related things. <laughs> you say that, but you're on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> so Meta is supposed to be like this new Facebook Instagram. So it's it's basically they want us to be in a, like an AMV IMVU world, yeah. you know, like three D avatar bullshit. It, like, it looks yeah. kind of terrifying, to be honest. I'm not. I'm not keen. Um, I don't think we should be venturing into that. But yeah, we we definitely want to do another Q and A. So I think I will be posting asking for more questions because it is fun having other people weigh in and give us something to talk about rather than us dictating what we're gonna do. So yeah, yeah we'll definitely be doing a Q and A again because it's fun. Q&A it again, is funny. Let's not just flirt with Kay. Flirt with me as well. You mean you, Zayvid? Give me some. <laughs> they sent it to me by mistake. They meant uh, you. That's what it was. Thought so. <laughs> okay, so next week we're gonna be talking about next week. Tanker is people Megan... under the stairs. Right. I need to stop doing this because, like, we are recording in yeah, advance. We're recording this one after people under the stairs, but it was Tanker before as well. Oh, don't don't mess with my hair. So, you know, people under the stairs when we said we were going to recover Jennifer's body, but we've changed it to Megan is missing. Megan is missing. So, Zayford and I are hugely into our found footage movies. It's one of our... We both share the enjoyment of that subgenre. So, Megan is is missing is going to be the next one. Um, We're probably going to talk about quite a lot of different things to do with found footage movies as well because we both enjoyed the Paranormal Activity franchise. I know, I know. It's not as good as I remember it. Uh, Yeah, I haven't even seen that one yet. So, we will be talking... We we will definitely be covering Megan is Missing and talking about film footage. But yeah, so we have been talking about the voices, among many other things. Tits, microchips, and Requiem for a Dream. Next week, Megan is Missing. So thanks for talking with us. Two well, weeks from thanks for listening to us talk. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah, and uh, we'll hopefully be talking next week hopefully (laughs) goodbye okay well goodbye mom hey jerry dad creep hey fiona lisa good evening love hi jerry 
Allison? Hey, Jerry. I'm sorry I killed you guys. Let's not bring up the bad things. Let's just be happy. Jesus. Hi, Jerry. Thanks for the love. Thank you for coming. Wouldn't miss it for the world. Are my pets gonna be okay? You betcha. Sing a happy song, sing a happy song. Why don't you sing along, sing a happy song. Get on up and dance, sing a happy song. Come on, clap your hands, sing a happy song. Music's good for your soul.